Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Thanks for joining us today on 40 radio stations, iTunes, YouTube, and the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're going to share a look at a big part of commercial real estate, and that is technology. You know, technology has become a really big deal in the world of commercial real estate. It's funny, I think back many years ago, I've always been into technology uh, in use in commercial real estate. I used to utilize a fax on demand system where investors could use their phone and, and key in codes to receive a return fax about properties of interest. And you know, that was pretty innovative at the time, but today the technology we use is just incredibly powerful in the commercial real estate industry, and it's really changing. If your company uses real estate, and most do, there are some terrific tech tools becoming available to improve your business and your bottom line profits. If you own, manage, lease, sell, or if you're a vendor or advisor in the industry, your use of technology is really imperative. And things are changing, things are improving. Costs have come down. It's a pretty incredible time with technology and commercial real estate. So today, we'll look at some of the technology improving the world of commercial real estate. We were recently invited to Boston, which by the way, great city, great people. James and I went with me, my producer. We were really impressed with Boston. We had the opportunity to meet Stephen Hopkins. Stephen is the founder of Disrupt CRE. Disrupt CRE is a series of commercial real estate and technology events. They're designed to unite technology, capital, and commercial real estate professionals. We're invited to cover a Disrupt CRE event that was held at District Hall, which is a very cool facility in Boston's Innovation District. We set up a mobile studio and we talked to the speakers of each panel at the event right after they came off stage. What we came away with were the highlights and best takeaways from each of the four sessions. The first session was Commercial Real Estate Technology, Innovators Driving Change. The panel members you'll hear from in this segment are Ellie Feingold. He's Senior Vice President, Global Innovation and Business Intelligence for CBRE. You'll also hear from Matt Gaffoon, Director of Sales of View of the Space. They're a cloud-based leasing and portfolio platform providing owners and brokers access to everything happening throughout their portfolio. You'll also hear from Alex Newman. He's VP of Sales for Pivot Desk. They're a technology company that gives companies the tools to market, manage, and monetize their excess space. You'll also hear from Brandon Weber. He is founder and CEO of Hightower. They're a technology company that helps commercial landlords gain real-time access across their portfolio and make data-driven leasing decisions. Enjoy. Well, let's talk about one of the questions that you guys had uh, on the panel, and that's how is technology changing professionals' behavior in commercial real estate, and is it? Yeah, so uh, what we talked a lot about was it is changing, and it's changing, I think, in a, in a positive way. I think it's making the the average, I say, let's say broker in this case, uh, more efficient. They're they're being mobile. They're being on the go. They have more information at their disposal. It's real time. Uh, they have more options. They are considered the absolute expert. And there's lots of different options that they have that they never had at their fingertips before. So whether it's uh, the big leases, it's the the subleases, what what new spaces are coming on the market, whether it's a pivot desk opportunity, if it's a uh, some type of collaborative workspace, co-working space. So they have everything real time they can pull it up on their mobile device uh, when it, whether it's a high tower or something the show the space is right there um, it makes it it makes it really really convenient and, and helps with uh, 
giving a great customer experience. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, the brokers typically aren't making as much money if they're sitting behind a desk. And it's nice to have these mobile tools to, to be able to be on the fly and being efficient and helping your client while you're moving around, right? Uh, yeah. What else do you guys think Yeah, I think, um, I mean, specifically, like, coming from a brokerage career, mm-hmm. like, the behavioral change is, has been, like, enormous since, mm-hmm. like, you know, 2005, I mentioned, like, when I started as a broker. Like, if I got an inquiry on space for one of my listings, I literally, I was a suburban broker, so I had to drive back into the city, get to my desk, attach a floor plan to an email, and then send it out into, into cyberspace to the guy that's repping the tenant that hopefully they come... On a, I make the tour list and, the, and, and, you know, and they come for a showing so my client's happy. And now, with, with a mobile app, I literally just like click a piece of space and it's off. And you can track who's clicking on it, who's, who's, who's sharing the space. Um, you can log that as a pipeline into your pipeline and tell your landlord everything that's going on with that lead. So it's just like the behavioral change is amazing. Like I don't have to, no, I no longer have to be at my computer, like pretty much never. I mean, it's just like, it's amazing. And it really speeds up a transaction, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you I mean know. deals, times kills deals no yeah. matter what industry you're in. But yeah. like, if you can keep documents moving along and being able to access quick, it's awesome. Yeah, we. I mean, actually, one of the, like the key words at our company is velocity, mm-hmm. and we think about leasing velocity. We think about software development velocity. Uh, there is so much unmined opportunity to increase the velocity of this industry, um, and it's by reducing friction. It's by allowing you to be kind of always on when you need to be on. Uh, through mobility, it's by creating tools that are just easier to use. Uh, so we, and the other thing, I guess the corollary to that is commercial real estate's an industry that has been in the past filled with what a lot of brokers will call brain damage. There's just an insane amount of work that feels like busy work, menial, uh, rote, uh, that if you eliminate that, you A, kind of increase the happiness of people doing their jobs because they're doing less of it, um, and you increase that velocity. So it's been fun to see that being kind of a win-win uh, as, we, you know, as we deploy. I mean, that's, that's excellent because I, mean, I'm, I was a broker. I guess I'm still a broker mm-hmm. uh, in my day job. And you really want to be with clients or talking to clients. You mm-hmm. don't really want to be doing the paperwork, right? Yeah. Uh, so if you can make that easier, that's fantastic. Well, as a final question for mm-hmm. this uh, wrap-up, uh, what would you say to people in the industry that are maybe hesitant about technology? Well, um, I mean, the first thing, and, and I will say this more as a messenger, as opposed, so don't kill the messenger, but it's just people are doing it now. So the leaders, the thought leaders on the ownership side, the agency side, the tenant rep side are adopting new technology and gaining real advantage. They're winning more business. They're winning pitches. They're effectively doing deals 10, 20, 30% more effective, more efficiently. Uh, so it's kind of like if you don't do it, um, you're that guy without the cell phone yeah. when cell phones got really popular. So it's kind of happening. Um, so I'm going to have to get a fax machine. I know. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, apparently the fax machines are out now. <laughs> wait, wait, so, yeah, cell, phones, watch cell phones are popular? Yeah, they're, they're getting there. <laughs> have you heard about this place, Starbucks? They're, they're getting there. <laughs> if someone's picking you maybe to, to market a property, mm-hmm. and if they think Twitter is a great marketing tool and you're not there or you're there and you're not active, then maybe that particular client thinks, well, maybe he's not that good at marketing, right? Totally. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to come at it from a little bit different angle because I've never actually been a broker. Um, I, I know a, a tremendous amount of uh, commercial real estate. but uh, <laughs> you, missed out, you missed out, man. I, uh, so it was unfortunately, awesome. didn't get yeah. to uh, bite the bullet on the brokerage uh, game. But uh, coming at it from a, from a business and a startup uh, kind, of, kind of angle, we're, 
we're trying to make the commercial real estate and, and ultimately the real estate world more transparent. I think in general, the uh, industry or the brokerage industry sometimes has a negative connotation to it uh, that used car salesmen and their 80-20%, 80-20 rule does, does exist. Uh, and with all these other other types of technologies, it is bringing forth the the good ones. There's ones there's brokers that specialize uh, and know exactly what they're doing and can help you uh, in the best possible way. And ultimately, this technology is making it so everyone wins at the end of the day, and and the pressure uh, and the, and the pushiness will go away, and, co- and and brokers can focus on closing the deals that they want to, bigger, quicker, faster. Uh, with more peace of mind, but then also the customers, the the companies, the, the the entrepreneurs, everybody wins because everyone feels like they are also getting that information and feel empowered at the end of the day. That's a good point. I think uh, I'm more a little bit more like a new car salesman though myself. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> so I'm going to try really hard on behalf of the. Uh, 45,000 CBRE employees around the world not to be offended by that. (laughs) Don't be offended at all. By the way, there's 45,000 of us. We're coming for you, man. (laughs) Um, So so it's funny. I studied the the history of science. It was sort of a minor when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And there's one one constant rule throughout history, which is that technology concentrates power. And people always use technology to concentrate power. It allows for the adoption which is effectively it's allowed for the creation of our modern society and our modern forms of government and um, everything else and what you have here is a, is a, a market where power has been diffused a little bit and as it, it gets adopted it will concentrate power um, but the bad part is it only concentrates power for the people with the technology so uh, it, it's either get on board and you learn how to use it effectively for you and for your clients or get out of the way um, because there are going to people, be people coming through who are simply going to be able to harness much more power, whether that's efficiency, data, service, contact, uh, and they're going to harness it and can compete with you. Well said, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us on this overtime. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate okay. it. For Thank more you. information from anyone on the panel or for any commercial real estate information, visit commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, stay tuned. Next, we'll talk about crowdfunding from Disrupt CRE in Boston. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're featuring highlights from Disrupt CRE in Boston. Next, we're talking about crowdfunding, a tectonic shift in investing. I'll have Benji Mole, he's founder of ARCS Urban Capital, and Doug Elenoff, he's a partner with the New York law firm Elenoff, Grossman, and Scholl. First of all, it seems like when I talk to a lot of developers, investors, sponsors of deals, and, and sometimes they'll talk to me about raising capital, and I'll ask them if they've considered crowdfunding, and they'll say, well, you know, I've heard about it, but I don't really know much about it. So it kind of surprised me that more people aren't involved. How much funding has been raised by online crowdfunding? How, much, how many deals have been done? Sure. So I think since the inception of these platforms a few years ago, there's probably been you know roughly under 100 deals done. That's doubling overnight. And then 
total deal size probably around a few hundred a few hundred million dollars but the orientation i like to give people which is what i think benji was saying that's from a standing start uh so while some people look at that number and say well that's relatively insignificant relative to the overall money that's invested in real estate it's not ir- insignificant at all it demonstrates that there's an appetite for real estate sponsors to put their deals in an online environment so that investors who they wouldn't have had access to previously can see their deals and invest. And are are these funds being raised mainly by the large sponsors themselves, or is it a lot of being done by third-party sites? It's a healthy mix. Some Mm -hmm. some sponsors uh, early on decided that they were going to create the online presence for themselves and their own deals. You can Mm -hmm. check out Prodigy Networks, and uh, Rodrigo Nino does it for himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other sites do third-party deals on their sites, and they get paid a brokerage commission for doing it. And yet again, there's another uh, type of site that uh, puts the investors into a special purpose vehicle and then gets what we call a 2 and 20 or some kind of carried interest uh, for raising the money for those deals. And then lastly, there's what's called a posting website where you just get paid a fee for the sponsor puts their deal on the site so they get exposure to investors. Yeah, that's interesting. What kind of tips would you give a sponsor who's out there and he has experience, he's done a lot of deals, his country club money's dried up, he he wants to invest in commercial real estate right now. What what tips would you give him for crowdfunding? The biggest thing is, one, to make sure that your track record is buttoned up because these crowdfunding platforms now, they've, you know, they, where they started from probably a few years ago to right now, they've gained so much real estate expertise. And if they didn't have it on their founding team, they've, they've raised VC money and they brought in real institutional real estate experts. So they're really digging into the deals and the operators. So, you know, it can't just be an operator that has a deal that you might want to get funding so you just throw it online and hope you can collect the fees, you darn well better believe in that deal if you're going to be trying to bring it online. Uh, What I would add to that is the notion that the B and C deals are going to be the ones that get vetted through these platforms and up and allowed to be on the platform is not accurate. These are not self-selectingly adverse selection. Uh, The principals who own these sites, as Benji's appropriately pointing out, are earnest professionals who are learning, if they've been acquired by hiring, talented people who are help vetting these deals. And so while it's a great new avenue for raising money, the pathway to get on there is by being diligent and respecting the crowd, showing them good deals, and giving them a good return and not trying to abuse them. Yeah, I'd just like to add kind of one quick thing is, you know, we talked about this a little bit on the panel, but as a a real estate operator, we're very focused on our brand and what raising capital from the crowd is going to do for our brand. So if we bring a deal that we don't believe in and it goes sideways or it doesn't perform as we had underwritten, well, that's going to hurt our brand online and then the crowd might not necessarily want to invest in the future. So we're very much focused on finding attractive deals that you know we're putting our own money into, having our own investors on the side. None of these crowdfunding sites are going to talk to, to your buddy unless he has the country club money on the side because they need to know that, God forbid, the investors on the crowdfunding site don't like the deal, he can still close it. Right. So you know, he, shouldn't, he certainly shouldn't tell them that he doesn't have the money on the side to do it. But, but let, let, let's carry the country club analogy further. If you burn your friends at the country club, don't enjoy golf or tennis there again. <laughs> the crowd 
has social media as their tool. And they are known to be noisy when they don't like what they've seen. So if you lose money, I'd like to think in a responsible manner, they'll, they'll be forgiving forgiven, you'll be forgiven. Uh, on the other hand, if you've done it in a way they don't find to be responsible, I don't think you'll have a great shot at raising money online again. You mentioned maybe B and C weren't, weren't good. Is this best for, for court uh, class A assets in, in Boston and in New York and San Francisco? Or is it, can you do development deals yet or just just deals that have good leases and income in place all the things you've described i think will happen over time mm-hmm. yeah it's it's an early industry so i think appropriately the the platforms are taking a more conservative approach and they want cash flowing deals investors want cash flowing deals but over time i do think that you will see a lot of those things that you've mentioned i've been in touch with class a real estate developers who want the crowd to participate Right now, the crowd's not raising that kind of money in a timely manner, so there's a misalignment, so it's not going to happen for development deals in that way yet. Over time, absolutely. Well, that's an interesting comment that it's taking a little more t- or more time than, than, than they thought because I thought one of the benefits of crowdfunding was it could move pretty quickly. Yes, it is a misconception, and I wouldn't want people to believe differently. Uh, although I'll tell you, when the deal resonates for the right thematic reason. It can happen, but it's all whether or not the deal is what investors want at that moment in time. One thing that we've found is that some of the core type deals that have lower returns, investors want safety, but they also really want yield. And they love to see that 9, 10, 10, you know, 11% cash yields. So if, if you know, you're buying a core deal in Boston and you might probably can't get to those 9% cash yields, you know, What's the story behind it? It has to have something about it that's going to attract those those investors. Yeah, that's a good point. And speaking of the investors, how about a, a few tips for investors that maybe they want to invest forty, fifty thousand dollars in a real estate deal? They see crowdfunding as a great opportunity to do that without having to deal with the management and headaches of, of running real estate. What are some tips for those investors? Use your common sense. Use your real estate investing experience online the way you would do it offline. If you don't know Benji, check out his background and you'll see his accomplishments. If he buys me dinner, I think he's probably a great guy. Uh, What do you want? You want a nice steak? Let's go do it. (laughs) Uh, Is he putting his own money into the deal? Same rules apply as in any friends and family investing. Look at, make sure that the platform are responsible people. They've done good deals previously. Then you want to know, are they a broker dealer model? Are they licensed? Do they do due diligence like we talked about on the panel? What type of due diligence do they do? Do they do background checks? If they're a broker-dealer, they have to. They are FINRA required to do those things. If they are another type of business model where they co-invest, you can take comfort because they're participating in the transaction with you. If it is a platform like CrowdStreet, which is just a posting platform for deals, they have no obligation to do any due diligence. That's not their job. They're like a newspaper would advertise. So caveat mTOR, be uh, aware of what your responsibilities as an investor are. And the last thing is $50,000 is a responsible amount of money for an accredited investor to invest. Don't invest more than you're capable of losing, period. Good point, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. Next guest will join the party now, right? Thank Let's you, Mike. Appreciate it. it. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Nice for more you. information from anyone on the panel, check out commercialrealestateshow.com.
Thank you, Benji and Doug. Well, if your company uses real estate, stay tuned for Inside the Box Rethinking Space. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Florida International University. With FIU's Fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. That's FIUonline.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We're featuring highlights from Disrupt CRE in Boston. In this segment, it's called Inside the Box Rethinking Space. Stas Gation, his Cambridge Innovation Center CEO, is my guest. Michael Gretzi, CEO of Refinity. John Steffens, president of Idea Paint, and Phil Hammond with Wentworth Institute of Technology. Enjoy. What would be a good takeaway from that session uh, for our listeners? I think we all think about mobile technology and talk about it as the smartphones and how we get things done, but it really is changing the way people work, and I think that came home again today, that it's radically innov- affecting the real estate industry, and it hasn't re- the industry hasn't really caught up with how mobile technology is changing the way people work. Yeah, yeah. it's a changing world, isn't it? And actually, let me add to that, with uh, to, to Michael's comment. I think actually the most mobile technology is people, and technology has enabled people to be more mobile. We, you know, we often think of mobile technology as being phones that move around, but phones are just things. People move around. Phones enable us to do that. Well, give us some, a tip on space, on optimizing the use of our space. Well, that's kind of the focus of our business at Refinity. We help customers understand which spaces are being used, why they're being used, and how to optimize for that. And one of the tips is get the data. Mm-hmm. Most uh, companies don't have any data on space use. They don't know who's using what, when. They guess at it. They do a walk around, uh, and they're usually wrong. So perception is typically that companies are using their space at about 80% efficiency. The data shows it's about 40%. 60% of space is wasted, paid for, but not used. Without data, you can't get to that. You can't figure out how many conference rooms you need, how big they should be, where they should be in relation to other spaces, what kinds of conference rooms people want to use versus collaborative spaces, desks, and so on. So what's the space of the future look like? I mean, you guys are on the forefront of knowing what we're going to see down the road. Uh, what should we expect three, four, five years from now to be different about the space that we're working in? Well, I think the key term for me is agile, agile design, agile working. Mm-hmm. It's not just about agile software, which is a more common understanding of that term, but the workspace has to evolve with the workforce. And as mm-hmm. uh, generational changes occur, as changes in work habits occur, the workspace has to evolve and adapt to different kinds of furniture, different kinds of work styles, different kinds of collaboration. And so that old 10 or 15 year old lease is history now. People are looking at three-year leases or less if they can, and they're not building out spaces for 10 years. They're looking at what they need to do for the next few years, and then they're going to iterate again. And that continuous improvement is going to be what's going to dominate commercial real estate coming. And I think there's going to be a strong question as we go forward about what it means to be, have privacy in the office versus what it means to have your own dedicated space. What privacy? In, 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 well, but who needs, who needs their own dedicated office, and what do they need it for? There are clearly some people who need it. There are clearly some people who don't need it. And there are a bunch of folks in the middle who could go either way. And I think what we're going to see is offices are starting to ask the question of who should be working with whom, and should we really build walls that prevent people from working with the people they really need to collaborate with? Or should we enhance serendipitous connections in the office? Um, The smartest companies have already done it. Everyone else is just going to follow along. One of the things I read this week in preparing for this this session was uh, the concept of collision space, creating spaces where people just collide in the office. And the other concept I read about this week was wellness certified buildings, buildings that are, are, are 
are certified that the, the people that work in them will not get sick in them. So you know, maybe that's the wave of the future, I'm not sure, but I think that uh, with panelists like this, uh, we can really get some really nice buildings in the next several years. Yeah, and collisions, I just want to build on collision space, it's something we talk about all the time. And I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind for, for anyone. At the end of the day, our minds don't say, I'm only going to think of an idea when I have a scheduled meeting in the boardroom at 3 o'clock on Thursday. Ideas happen all the time, and if you can create a space, and, I, and you know you hit on it a couple times in there, Stas, where you can see what's being discussed or see what's being written on an idea wall and have people have opportunities to share that idea in a conversation, build that idea out on the wall, and then ultimately bring that to fruition, you're going to get to results a lot quicker than if you're not doing it. And I think the other thing about this is the speed with which ideas need to innovate and the speed with which companies need to innovate has increased so dramatically that you can no longer afford as a company to lock your ideas in a box and work on them until they're perfect and then release them. Because if you do that, you'll be 20 years too late. And we've seen plenty of companies do and try that approach. Uh, I think if you look around and ask how many people are still carrying a BlackBerry, you'll, you'll see how, how easy it is to get corporate innovation internally to, uh, to run amok and forget that a lot of things are happening in the outside world and the world is changing much more quickly than, uh, than meets the eye. Well, as a last question for you guys, and I appreciate you doing this overtime with us, is can you share a tip with our listeners regarding their space? In terms of space that I work in, I, I think it has to be flexible. It has to be the ability for me to actually sit and, and stand and to walk around and to write on an uh, idea paint on the wall, uh, to have the technology that's available. Uh, so it has to be pretty flexible. And to be honest, like Stas has said earlier, times are changing in terms of space. I don't care if I have an office anymore. I just want to make sure I, the place I work in is flexible. I'd say two quick things. One is that um, you should really ask the question, why are we doing this? And if the answer to that question is because that's the way we've always done it, you might want to ask why. That would be a really good thing. Um, and the other is small details matter deeply. Um, if you are, if you're in a bathroom and the, there isn't enough water pressure and people can't wash their hands right, that's really annoying and it will make your people crazy and it will make them crazy day to day. And if you can't fix a small detail like that, don't worry about the big things. Fix the small ones first. Well said. Good tips, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank Thank you. For more information from any of these guys, we'll have their websites on our website, commercialrealestateshow.com. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay tuned. We'll have more on commercial real estate technology. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Realnex, providing a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low cost. Visit realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We're featuring highlights from Disrupt CRE in Boston. My next guest is Jeff Finn. He's president and CEO of Realnext. Now, Jeff also used to lead NAI Global for many years, so I think you'll appreciate and enjoy his slant on technology for commercial real estate. Enjoy. Hello, Michael Bull here from the Commercial Real Estate Show. We're in Boston at Disrupt CRE, where technology, capital, and commercial real estate unite. And we've had a good session here in Boston. Today, now I have with me Jeff Finn. He is president and CEO of Realnex. Now, he is just not a tech guy. Uh, Jeff also was president and CEO of NAI. So he understands commercial real estate, and he understands technology. And Jeff, one of the challenges I see in the commercial real estate industry is 
it's kind of old school, right? Kind of old stodgy guys like me in the business. And, and some of us may say, hey, we don't need technology. And, and getting us to report and deal with technology sometimes can be cumbersome. What is the biggest challenge? And we all know there's benefits of using technology. What are some of the challenges you see out there? Oh, thanks, Michael. I, you know, I think there are a lot of challenges and there's a lot of opportunities, as you described. The industry is changing dramatically as we speak. It's not just guys like us. There's a lot of guys that, you know, I, I used to be the youngest guy in the room. It's not, the, not that way anymore. Now there's a lot of younger people in the industry. They're expecting and demanding new tools, new technology, just like they're doing in their day-to-day -day lives to be part of their business life. The clients are demanding it. The clients are younger than they used to be. And they're using those tools all the time, so they're expecting it. So, you know, it's a, it's a matter of adoption. The ones that adopt great technology will win more business. Those that don't adopt it are not. And that's going to light a fire under everyone to begin to adopt. And what's different today than it might have been in the past when there was a desire to adopt, but there wasn't a lot of great technology out there to adopt, now there's a lot of great technology solutions in the marketplace that are helped. Expensive too, well, isn't it? Well, you're, no. you're right about that. So there was you know, high, high uh, cost, a change of behavior, which is a, even a bigger cost when you think about it, right? So it's not just spending money, but I'm taking a lot of time to transform how I'm doing things, and I don't understand the payoff. Now the payoff is clear, the cost is down, and the ease of use is there. So I think we're at a very interesting point in the industry for technology to, to have a, a real impact in the marketplace. Yeah, that's a good point. I look at some of my own clients and I'm like, can you, are you old enough to drive? I mean, you know. Well, I think coming on the plane up here, I met one of these guys that <laughs> yeah. couldn't have been out of school flying the plane. Yeah. I'm like, okay, and you own three high rises. Okay, all right, I get it, all right. Well, technology too, though, when you, when you start looking at technology, you know, it's hard to piece it together. You know, you need, you need this program, you need this program, you need this program, uh, nothing seems to talk, you know, what can help us there? I appreciate, you know, that's a, um, something that's near and dear to my heart. You know, running NAI for, you know, uh, you know, I was there for 30 years, running it for the past 15. We really push technology hard, and all of our offices try to, to look at it, but they needed to make five, six, seven different decisions to get this piece of the puzzle, that piece of the puzzle. And then they needed to do a lot of their own work to stitch it all together, and that was redundantly done across the industry. And once you had that information for your own use, you couldn't really share it and collaborate with your neighbor or somebody, your, your landlord or your tenant to do business. So what we're doing at Realnext is trying to do that for the industry, where we're aggregating the leading tools we see in the marketplace, harmonizing the data behind the scenes, and through the scale that we're working on, bringing down the price point. So we think we can do that, um, and we're starting the brokerage side, but we're also looking to do that for valuers, lenders, property, property owners, investors, and the whole ecosystem so that as a transaction is done, information can be relayed and transferred without redundant entry, without loss of integrity, but just keep building upon building upon good data and the industry can share it much more efficiently. Uh, that's excellent. And, and we also have people more comfortable with the cloud, right? So, Absolutely. So yeah. we don't have to have it on our servers all the time anymore, right? And that certainly makes it easier for well, mobile that's an devices. It's an enabling you know, yeah. part of the, the change. I think there are several different parts which are making now the, the perfect storm coming together for the, the real estate or disrupt CRE. It, um, it's the customers demanding change. The companies are well capitalized now. They didn't used to be as well capitalized as they are to be able to take advantage of the, the tools that are out there. The demographic shift of the agents that are now embracing and desiring the tools. 
and it's the technology infrastructure itself. You know, you have the power of what was the power of the industry in the 1980s, now in the palm of your hand today, with the cloud driving it, with mobility driving it, with collaboration driving it, and it's um, affordable. It's easy to use. It's a much different day, and I think we've got to you know help just keep driving that forward and saying, you know, bring us the great tools, build great tools, and the market will be there. And I've got to admit that I have uh, Realnex uh, products, and, and I love them. And I want you to talk, talk to us briefly about those products, starting with REA10. Well, we have a family of five products currently. REA10 uh, and live version is our CRM system. It's a, it's a, it's one of the few industry products that has survived that early stage entry into the market. Around since you know, eight, mid 80s, they're still the market leader today from a CRM standpoint. And yet they have a legacy of being a desktop product. And it's a heavy um, you know, use on the desktop. And we're migrating that rapidly to the cloud now. We've just developed a live version, so all of your desktop information is now available on your handheld device, your mobile device. And our next move is to, to make it fully cloud uh, powered. Well, when I talk to my brokers about REA 10, which is 10, now it was 9, when they're getting in the businesses, it's the Ferrari of CRM. I mean, you don't know how powerful and what you're going to do with the CRM when you first look at it. Yeah. So you got to really embrace it to, to get that power. It's, it is, you know, 30 years, you know, I guess almost 30 some years of development and understanding what the industry needs. It was built by a former broker who just kept his ear to the ground, understand, and by having such a wide installed base, getting constant feedback from market leaders, the best brokers in the industry to say, make it better, make it better, make it better. As Mike Lipsy puts it, it's not he with the most toys in the end that wins, it's he with the best database. Stay tuned, we'll have more right after this message. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. More from Jeff Finn with Real Next. Well, let's talk about property line. Okay, property line is another forerunner in the industry. Around uh, since the late '80s, started with books, publishing listing books of, of all the property inventory. It's now become a one of the leading national property information systems. So, um, hosted public ho hosted websites to put on your local website, as well as public marketing to you know, hundreds of thousands of browsers that come to the site and are registered users of the site. Also broadcast emails and you have information on properties that you want to get out to the market, press a button and send your inventory out to those registered users who are looking for just the type of property that you have to offer. Nice. And then you have REI Wise. REI Wise yeah. is market leader in financial analytics, comparative lease analysis. It puts together your proposals in an automated way, turns that proposal once you're hired into an offering memorandum with all of the financials in it, creates a website for the property, brochure, email, secure deal room. So you want to invite your customers in and just have all the information available to them to be able to download through after an NDA is signed. They can, you can you know, make sure they've got real-time updates to all the property information, and then you can have your uh, negotiations to affect the sale. Now your most recent addition to the package is what? Ten, well, two, two recent ones. So we started the company with those three, and then um, more recently we acquired 10.8, which uh, 
does for the investment sales market what REIWISE does for the investment sales market. So mm -hmm. we're taking for um, tenant rep and leasing agency work, mm -hmm. the full power of transaction management, putting a, a tour book on an iPad so you're able to look at space you know, on the, on the app, go into the space, take your pictures, do your evaluation, all of the financials, all the analytics of that. And at the end of a day of touring, Clients are often, often blurried. I saw so many spaces, I don't remember which one's which. This allows them to catalog it, then manage the, the RFP and the negotiation process from the tenant side. And now you've got a new addition to the family. Yeah, the last right? one, which was just a few weeks ago, we concluded the, the acquisition of Buzz Target. It's the, a new product, just coming to market recently. It's a property listing system, but with a twist. And while Property Line has a very large installed base of inventory and a legacy for 30 years. Buzz Target's just a couple of years old, and it's come to the market more on the marketing side of the property, not mm -hmm. just the posting of listings and come to me, but it's how do we push that information out to the market. And it's got a very robust search engine capability, so it really granularly profiles what a user's looking for, and then it runs campaigns for the seller or a landlord trying to lease space to that market just to the right people at the right time and gives back comprehensive metrics of who's opened what, who's looked at it, who's stayed on it a long time, who's liked it, and that enables the agent to more effectively market to the the, the people that are very interested. Yeah, that's fantastic. And again, consolidate the uh, lease up for sale time. That's fantastic. When you think about all these tools uh, together to have all this power, it must be very expensive per user, right? In our business plan, we said... Everybody lives in at least two of these products, but they want the applications of at least one or two of the other ones from time to time. So we said for the price of two, and actually less than the price of two, you get it all. So whereas individually the products would be $45 per user per month, we offer the second product for $40 and that's it. $85 per user per month, you get the whole suite. The whole thing. The whole suite, yep. That's fantastic. Well, Jeff, thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure, Michael. That's a great product. Thanks for bringing it to Appreciate us. Appreciate it. We need it in commercial real estate. Well, we'll keep driving change. And if you'd like more information, we'll have the uh, link on the website. Thanks for joining us. I'd like to thank Stephen Hopkins with Disrupt CRE, Jeff Finn with Realnex, and all the guests from Disrupt CRE in Boston. If you're in the Chicago area, be sure and come see us January 29th. I'll be there with the entire commercial real estate show crew at Disrupt CRE in Chicago. If you'd like more information from anyone on the show today, you can find all the contact information at CREshow.com. Well, be sure to join us next week. We'll have a very interesting show about investing in and working with REITs. If you appreciate the show, please like us on Facebook. Please give us a great rating on iTunes and retweet us on Twitter and share the podcasts, the videos, and the articles with your connections on LinkedIn. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Commercial Brokerage, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. Realnext, a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low price. Visit realnext.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Sozo Web Hosting and Cloud Solutions. Secure, reliable, and worry-free. Visit sozo.com. That's S-O-Z-O.com. FIU, Florida International University. Earn your master's in real estate online in as little as 10 months. Visit FIUonline.com. 
and by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional podcasts, videos, or blogs, visit CREshow.com.